0: Tyler. Hi. Hey. So, this is a kind of nifty Reddit thread that I've kind of
1: found. It's basically some of the, like, Steam Deck developers were in an interview. Oh, yeah. And uh someone, like, the top
0: comment is just, like, a TLDR, and it just kind of has some, like, cool facts. Basically, like... The
1: Steam Deck has been a top seller since it came out, which I think
0: is
2: no surprise. Yeah, that surprised me.
1: And they also say 42% of people who buy Steam Deck change their play patterns. Really? Yeah,
2: which,
0: to be honest, like, it totally did for me.
2: I mean, it definitely changed the way I play games. Yeah.
0: They say they're, like,
1: super impressed by, like, what the communities do. Like doing with it, like all the tools and like creative stuff they're they're doing.
3: Uh, what else? I'm
2: trying to see. Here. Continue to add more features. Focus on is dude, that's what I like is the focus on the feature that improves the ecosystem as a whole. I read yeah. an I read an interview a while ago where someone was I don't know if it was Gabe Newall himself or. Someone else who work at Steam Deck, but they're like, tell us, tell us more. Like, you know, the Steam Deck is coming up on a year. What are the plans for Steam Deck 2? Like, is it in development? Have you started it yet? So on and so forth. And he was basically said like, yeah, there'll definitely be another Steam Deck, but the next Steam Deck will probably be kind of like superficial little bumps and various things. Yeah, like maybe they can get a little bit of a bigger battery in there. They, maybe they'll look at a different screen type, but the core of the Steam Deck, the per, like the APU that's inside of it, isn't going to change because their goal right now is to be able to kind of make it an ecosystem. <clears throat> and developers have that ability to make their game available at launch as a playable on the Steam Deck or like, you know, that badge that says it's good to go, it's 100% compatible with Steam Deck. And they didn't want to like, Introduce a new processor into a second gen one a year later, because then that, that starts to fragment the community and fragment what the developers can do. Yeah. Because if If you're tweaking your game, so it works good with this exact system, this APU, like this dedicated GPU, this CPU combination inside the steam deck. And then they release a second one. Well, now if you need it to be verified by steam deck, you need to make sure it works perfectly on two systems and then three yep. and then four every time they introduce a hardware bump right so to yep. try and get the masses involved and in, you know as large of a customer consumer player base kind of thing happening is at least for the next generation if not two generations he was saying that the hardware is going to stay the same and there will be little tweaks to other yep. stuff
0: and
1: they they touch on this in the article too like they say the Steam Deck like they're like there won't be a true like next gen steam deck like bump for like a handful of years Mm -hmm. because they even touch on it because like someone asked them like do you think the steam deck is like acceptable to like run games and they're like yeah like given what you're playing at and all of that like yeah it's totally fine to play games that come out in 2023 and all of that and they even touch on like game compatibility and how they're working with devs and that like, quite often, like, devs are, like, before release, like,
0: testing it on Steam Deck and actually working with Valve on, like,
2: playtesting and stuff like that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's exciting. It, it definitely has been a game-changer.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, Valve's whole approach, like, to it has been, like, the reason why it's so successful, right? It's because they're just like, hey, here's your Steam Deck. Do whatever you want with it. You wanna fucking run a fuck ton of emulators on it? Go ahead. You wanna fucking install Windows ten? Sure.
2: Mm, you need new joysticks, or you wanna manually swap out the SSD? Here yeah. is a fucking full written guide with <laughs> pictures, step by step, all the tools you need, every process yeah. you need, their uh their openness yeah. to everything is great. Repairability has been pretty yeah. impressive.
1: Yeah, they're they officially were just like, yeah, we officially partnered with iFixit. There's official guides on how to like tear this whole thing apart and put it back together.
2: And not, <laughs> so, even, not even guides, but they partnered with i iFixit for parts too. Yeah, totally. So if you break like something, you can, you can get it right from iFixit.
1: Yeah, the other day I was actually looking at, it's like an official iFixit SSD kit. Because mine doesn't have it and it's like 200 bucks and it comes with the SSD and all the tools. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> you could just buy it and replace it if you want. So yeah, it's, it's
0: pretty sweet. So, yeah not too much crazy in this article but it was just cool insights
3: yeah and i think
1: i think the metric that like almost 50 percent of people who bought it changed their like play habits because of it is a super tailing
2: yeah for sure like i said it's definitely it's definitely changed the way i play
0: yeah i play way more on it
2: mm-hmm Other than the games I can't play on it. Like, I still play COD on PC, but...
0: Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's certain games that just don't jive well with it, but...
2: (laughs) On a semi-related topic to the Steam Deck, though, and it's not Mm -hmm. a real thing at all, it was completely just a concept, but I loved it, and as soon as I saw it, I went, how has Nintendo not done this? So I, I saw a concept... ...that someone wrote a whole article about. Like, it wasn't even just a, like, a random Reddit post. Okay. About a Switch phone. Oh. Where they, like, mocked it up, like, and did an amazing job with, like, the visuals. But, like, you basically had the core part of the Nintendo Switch was a phone. And then you had, you did your USB-C in the bottom, like, the normal Nintendo Switch... But it had special slide rails on the top and bottom so that you could slide a different, like, more customized, slightly smaller Joy-Cons on either side. And sure. click, click, and play your Switch games. And you're done. You take your fucking Joy-Cons off. You put your phone in your pocket, and you carry on with your day. Huh. I and mean, I, I wouldn't like,
1: put... I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to make a fucking phone because they're weird like
4: that.
2: <laughs> but. Yeah, it's that's... I mean, they've done some weird stuff, but that is, like, very, very, very far outside their realm. And then... Totally. To go ground up with a phone, like, in order to do it timely, where by the time they release it, it's not like a, a phone that's specced eight years out, like when Microsoft released their Surface Duo phone. Right. And, like, No, Nintendo, lo- it
1: would be specced, like, six years ago.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So, like, they would need to partner with someone, like, realistically, probably someone like Sony, but then they get Sony involved, and Sony has their own gaming company, so, like, how much involvement do they want?
1: Yeah, if anyone's gonna make a gaming phone, it would be Sony, probably, because they already make phones.
2: But it was super interesting, it's like, you know, I never really gave it a lot of thought, but it just runs off an NVIDIA Taker processor, so, like, this is 100% doable, you legitimately could make a fucking phone and then slide your goddamn Joy-Cons on and have your Switch. Yeah, totally. And, like, they've outsold everything, right? Like, their numbers are bananas. But can you imagine how much higher their numbers would be if it's like, hey, not only is this your Switch, play all your Switch games. It's also a phone. Yeah, have it with you all the time. It'd be cool for sure.
0: Although, and given Nintendo's, like how
1: tight they are with their ecosystem you would have a phone that is essentially gatekeeped like you wouldn't be able to do anything with it
2: (laughs) yeah but I mean how is that any different than Apple yeah true enough true enough very true gatekeepers everywhere this is true anyway something random I saw I thought it was interesting no that's cool I I kind of want to see that now That would be cool if they made a phone. Mm
0: -hmm. What else we got here? The
2: consultant, did you watch all that? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, what did you think of it? Because I am super mixed on it. I was all over the map with it. At first, I was like, okay, this is intriguing. I need to know what's going on with this guy. This guy's fucking weird. Like, right from the get-go when they show that security fucking footage where he, like, waltzes into that, like, young fucking dude's office and then he, like, signs the paperwork or whatever and he gets down and blows him. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. And then it kind of pisses me off because you'd never, like, really find out anything beyond that. Like, they kind of lead you to think that this guy has some kind of mind-control superpowers and then it ends up, like... Sorry, spoilers. Then it ends up going in a completely different direction where it's like, no, he's just, like, super fucked up mentally and has had all of his bones replaced with solid fucking gold. Yeah.
4: Yeah,
1: I think, I think once I finished the show, I kind of, like, was like, you know what? I don't think this is that good. Because, like, they spend the first half or the first couple of episodes, like, hitting you with all these, like, Questions that they that you would think as you're watching it that they're going to answer, right? Mm-hmm. But then they never do. Like the season ends, and you're just like, "Well, okay." Every like story, mystery thing that you set up, you didn't answer a single fucking question. Like it just ends, and you're like,
2: "Okay, so like
1: you just wrote those storylines and just
2: forgot about them." Like the fuck. <laughs> See, and I think it was one it was someone who was trying to be like. Like those movies or shows where they kind of do a choose-your-own-adventure style thing in the end. Like The Sopranos, right? Like you get the end in Sopranos and it's up to the viewer to decide, did Tony die or did he not die?
1: Yeah, but these writers aren't good enough to like do that in a way where it's
2: satisfying. It just pisses you off, right? No, but there's lots of fucking movies and shows and stuff that do that that isn't satisfying. Like Inception as a whole was such an amazing movie but the top spinning at the end and you don't get to see it fall. Was he in a dream? Was it not in a dream? That wasn't satisfying to me. That was irritating. It's like, well, no, I don't want to sit here and play through this all in my head and decide for myself, whether he was in a dream or not in a dream. Like I genuinely want to know. I feel like these guys were like, let's do that, but we'll do it throughout the season. So when we get to the end, it's up to the viewer to decide. Did he have powers? Did he not? Is he just a good con man? Is he not? Is he not? Cause then you see at the end too, the guys that were were like actively working against him, like the chick and the dude, the main two, Mm -hmm. like one, like he's got his game thing going and she's now like kind of running the company. So it's like, Oh, was this his goal all along was to do all the super weird shit and push them. So they realize that they love each other and that they should be running the top of the company. Yeah. It's just so many fucking questions. And I, I wasn't for any of it. Yeah. Like, the first few episodes, like, had me intrigued,
1: because it was, like, same as you was just like, oh, okay, what are they setting up here, like, with all this weird shit? And then, like, you just, I just kept watching, and I was like, okay, so you're just not gonna do anything with any of this? Okay, And it just ends, and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I kind of regret watching all of this now, like...
0: <laughs> hmm I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. It was disappointing.
2: Yes, especially for something that stars Christoph Waltz.
1: Yeah, no shit. Like, you get him on, like, a uh, TV series. It's
0: like there's kind of an aura of, like, high quality with him. And then,
2: yeah. but
3: Yeah,
2: I don't think there will be a second season, but who knows. Has anything come out, I wonder. Have they greenlit it? It's not even about Uh, doing a second season. Like, even if they were like, yeah, we want to do a second season. When you see these big, amazing, top-tier actors come in and do a series, it's usually they're like, I've got nothing to do. They want to pay me a ton of fucking money. This sounds interesting. I'll come in and do a season. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, I don't think, even if they do do a season two or three, I don't think you see Christoph Waltz just like after the first season of fucking Westworld like there was no Sir Anthony Hopkins anymore these guys come in and they do one off one season roles and then they carry on with their lives
0: yeah doesn't look like anything's been announced for second season so I hope it doesn't get one yeah super fucking weird show
3: yeah not a fan
2: what else we got here John Bernthal coming back as the Punisher. Yeah, that's interesting because I thought for sure, after all of those <clears throat> nutjobs down south were wearing Punisher logos for their Nazi shit. Oh yeah, they and like got rid of capital. that in the co- in the comic book. <laughs> so I was like, sounds like Punisher just isn't a fucking thing anymore. Yeah, and I'm. How
0: does Disney do the Punisher? I mean, it is also like they're doing
2: Deadpool.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm curious about that whole Daredevil, born again. Like,
2: because the
1: the tone of like the Netflix Punisher and Daredevil was to me like what kind of sold it is.
2: Yeah, that very dark, serious tone. Yeah, where it's like here is
1: the the gritty under crime of New York or whatever. Like, it's not the Avengers. It's like, here's the real crime and, you know, the Punisher going after fucking sex traffickers and killing them. Yeah. Right. And, you know.
0: So I'm, I'm curious how this that whole series goes and what they do with it, because, I don't know. They've yet to do anything, like,
1: super dark, right? hmm I think that's always been the question. It's like, are they going to? Like yeah, they're doing Deadpool three, but you could easily say that's the
0: exception that proves the rule, right?
2: I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe they just go lighter. But you know, the thing is, is like John Bernthal, like he's come out and he's spoken about him, play, like how he he felt playing the Punisher previous to like Disney and all this other stuff, and how he liked the character, and da 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 da. If they were going with like a very soft PG kind of fucking Punisher, I don't think he signs up to play Punisher. Yeah.
1: True. Like he's he Yeah, he probably doesn't sign on unless he goes, Okay, this is
0: like maybe it's a bit toned down, but the core of you mm-hmm. know the Punisher is still there, right? Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, true
3: enough.
2: At least my that's my theory.
1: Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious what that storyline is going to be, because, like, they got Vincent D'Onofrio back, like, are they just going to make him the bad guy again? You know, I would hope not,
2: because they've already done that, right? Yeah, I have a feeling they will, because everyone thinks Daredevil, they think Kingpin for the most part, So totally. that's just, like, the main arch nemesis, it would be nice if they would dig into the well for something a little fucking different, but,
0: yeah. Fuck
2: I could just bring uh,
0: Ben Affleck back and just multiverse it.
2: <laughs>
0: I'd watch Fuck that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, in the least surprising news,
1: they greenlit season two of The Last of Us.
2: <laughs> what? No way.
1: And it's going to be two seasons, not one. So Yeah, that's what I heard. Which totally makes sense, because the second game is fucking, like, three times as long as the first game, so...
2: Yeah, I get it, but I also just hate, because, you know, they're going to do... Oh, excuse me. A massive, like, gap in between. Yeah, which is... It's probably going to be, like, almost a year and a half to two years before we get the next fucking season. And they'll shoot the fucking second and third season at the same time and get it all done... And then they'll they'll release season two and then they'll make us wait like another year and a half to two years before we get season three. We're not going to be wrapping the show up for like six years. It'll be almost 2030 by the time we get like get through the end of the third season of the show. I know. It's
1: and like I get production times are lengthy and all of that. But like the wait time between seasons nowadays is getting fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. It's getting infuriating it's getting to the point where it's like uh, he, succession is a great example like and he, that didn't even have that long of a t- like wait time but like when i went to go watch like the new episode i was just like i don't remember anything about the last season and like had to look up like what actually happened
2: but i think like, they bank on that i think they bank on waiting so long that you go like oh shit the new season's starting fuck i don't remember the last one i better Oh, fuck, I better re-up my membership to HBO so I can watch the last two episodes so I'm caught back up again.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that actually wouldn't surprise me.
2: That's... But that's that's my fucking theory.
0: Yeah, you're probably not wrong from a business standpoint that makes sense. But production times are just fucking absolutely ridiculous
1: nowadays, which is... Yeah. Another new succession is also
0: just more succession so
1: it doesn't disappoint
2: it's more that show yeah i haven't i haven't watched the first episode yet i i wanted a couple of them to pile up because so, like i knew if i watched one i'd i'd really want to watch another one i feel like i need like a minimum two to three hours of that show to sit down and just like chunk chunk it out sure sure
0: but that it's makes been sense. fucking
2: killing me that i haven't seen it yet and i don't know how much longer i'm going to be able to hold off uh, fair enough it's it's more Succession.
0: I mean that show is still on point with all of their shit. So, so yeah, Succession is it's great.
2: So it was Yellow Jackets, but you didn't watch both episodes yet.
0: No, just the first one. It's
1: I still like Yellow Jackets, although I am kind of starting to get pretty lukewarm with the modern day storylines they're doing. Like I want more of like the fucked up shit in the woods, not more of Here's them dealing with whatever the modern day thing is. I don't know. I'm just like not super warm on that storyline.
2: Maybe mm, that's, that's just me. That's fair. It does take some uh, twists and shit, especially with the second episode. Like you're yeah, g- okay. you're going to get more wooded girls for sure. Yeah. In the second episode. But we get some uh, interesting plot twists happening in the nowadays storyline that's taking place. That well I think yeah is going it's... to really fucking shake things up. Sure. Cuz I think what was it? And they kind of alluded
1: to that at the end of the first episode where that uh the punk girl gets like kidnapped by the cult. Mm-hmm. And it's the the cult leader is like the cult leader in the woods, right? Where it's just like oh she's just grown up into a new cult. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. But yeah. It's it's still good. Like I I still really like the show. It's just I don't know. And maybe that, once I watched the second episode, like, that modern day storyline would be like, oh, okay, it'll, like, pique my interest a little bit more, but...
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And it could be just because I, I didn't really care for the modern day storyline in the first season. Like, I just... By the time it ended, I was like, oh. You could have just not done that.
2: Okay, but... fair enough, fair enough.
1: But maybe I just need more... Maybe once they get the
0: cult shit and do, like, some toast and turns, maybe I'll, like, turn the corner on it a little bit, but... But yeah, that show's
2: still good so what's your take it's, on White Lotus like you finally finished it
1: I, I watched the first season and I still I finished it a week ago and I still don't know whether it's good or not
4: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just so weird that it's bad or so weird that it's good like I just
2: I don't know It's it's weird
1: it's like I finished it and I was like <clears throat> uh i don't know if this was good or not I, or i don't know if this was just so weird that i kept watching it because i because it was that weird like I, it's so fucking it. it's been a long time since i've had a show like that where i was like man this is that was something and i don't really know how to feel about it
2: i can tell you right now that the second season is much i don't say much but it, it's better than the first season and they, like, add another element into it that makes the whole season intriguing.
1: Oh, okay. Because, like, I've been, like, I'm I'm going to watch. Like, I'm committed to the show now because of how weird it is. But, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a show that doesn't have a fucking story, if that makes any sense. Like, it's all character writing, which is super fucking weird. Yeah. And it's just based on this backdrop of, like, what if we just wrote a bunch of character pieces? And put them in this fucking hotel and none of them really have anything to do with each other other than a few things. And then we just fucking ended it. <laughs> and it's like, what?
2: <laughs> it's fucking weird. Yeah, well, you, you really need to watch the second season because it's got the dude from Sopranos in it. She yeah. gets super. F- like, if you thought there was like some cringy, weird <laughs> shit going on in this first season, this second season gets super super cringe and super like awkward and the whole time you're like oh my god this is just so fucking weird yeah How are they, and why like, are they doing this
1: yeah and it's yeah it's yeah it's such a weird show but it's like it's written and acted so well that it's like but you can't tell like I can't tell whether it's good or not like I know there's parts where it's like intentionally written to be like bad where you're like you're supposed to watch it and go, like, ugh, like, cringe, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like peak HBO, to be honest, right? Where it's just like, here's this weird fucking shit that no one else would greenlit. And we gave them like $10 million. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, fair enough.
1: But, but yeah, it's just, yeah. I'll continue to watch it, but it's, I see why it's so popular because it's like, they get all these A-listers, and it's just, like, it's, like, this weird kind of melodramatic thing that I think is super easy to watch, right? But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, weird. (laughs) So weird. But it was, like, uh, there was even times where I was watching it where, like, I picked up my Steam Deck because I was like, okay, I'm not really into this, like, scene or whatever, but then, like, I found myself consistently, like, putting my Steam Deck down and, like, re-engaging with it because it's like this is just so weird that I can't look away it's
0: yeah that shows something else it was yeah
1: Yeah. I'm kind of really interested to watch season 2 now if you're saying it's like way more like if they ramp it up to like 11 I'm kind of like morbidly like okay I kind of want that in my life
2: well (laughs) the second season has a twist at the end that I was like oh shit oh really oh shit this got dark Oh really?
0: Huh? Because yeah, the the first season doesn't really get dark, like really at all. It Uh, gets more like,
2: yeah. Hmm. Second season does. You'll you watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. You'll be like, what the fuck? All right, all right. It'll be one of those moments where I tell you to watch something because of this or that, and you end up texting me at like ten o'clock at night. What the fuck am I watching? Probably, yep. Yeah. Probably. Because, yeah. White Lotus. Fucking.
0: So what's the deal with Plex TV? Oh, so I just... It was a couple of weeks ago, there was some current events that I, like, kind
1: of wanted to have, like, a news station on 24-7. But I don't have cable. So I was like, okay, well, like, what are my options? And I was like, oh, Plex says, like, they're built-in, like, TV channels. I was like, I'll just try this out. And it works really well <laughs> and that's really all i have to say about it is like i clicked it was like oh, i wonder how this works to just have a new station going 24 7 as i'm working and i clicked it and it works totally fine like surpri- i was kind of surprised that like i just like went in and was like oh plex tv click this channel and it just works like there's like absolutely no hiccups so i was like huh so i figured i would just like, throw a mention out, because I was like, that worked surprisingly well, and I didn't think it would.
2: That was the first time you clicked on Plex TV?
1: Yeah, like, I, I just, I had always removed it from my quick bar, because I was like, I want nothing to do with this, I don't give a fuck about it. But then, turns out, when I actually wanted to use it, I was like, okay, this actually works surprisingly well.
2: Interesting. So. I clicked on so, yeah. it a few times. I like the idea of making your own Plex TV channels off your, your own library. Yeah. I'd like to look at that one day. And I need something for audiobooks now. I
4: was uh, thinking about audio...
2: adding audiobooks to Plex. It's doable yeah, Not someone, very good.
1: Well, no, as someone that has been doing it for like a year and has like a couple hundred audiobooks in Plex that I listen to daily, it's totally doable. It's just kind of a fuck around. And it's it's basically all manual. Like there's there's no automation to it
2: yeah well i came across what the fuck was it called yesterday and i've tried to
1: automate it and like i can get some of the automated stuff
0: to let's say download audiobooks
2: but audio bookshelf have you heard of that one yet i think so yeah you basically set it up on your server just like you would a Plex instance, and then you point your application to that Plex instance, but or to that audio bookshelf instance. You download the app, and away you go. There's also an app, actually, that looked interesting that looked like it would work, but it was an iOS-only app.
1: That's probably the one I'm using, Prologue. It's basically because the, the thing... Because the thing with Plex audiobooks is you need a dedicated audiobook Plex app to really, like, play them with any sort of functionality. And there's some for iOS and there's some for Android. And both actually work surprisingly well, because, like, I've always done it because I started doing it when I had my iPhone. But a buddy of mine wanted to listen to, because he canceled his Audible, and he was like, well, I still want to listen to some of these newer books. And I was like, well,
0: just download this Android app and link your plex and i'll share everything and it
2: works totally fine hmm. yeah i don't i don't remember what the ios one was but it looked interesting but yeah it was saying the same thing you put it on plex this one yep. is you open up docker and you spool up an instance of audio bookshelf
1: oh yeah I've, I've there's a few ways to do it like i know there's a there's a handful of like reddit threads where it's like different people are doing it different ways. Mm-hmm the biggest pain in the ass that no one has really solved yet is the metadata problem. So like when you add the audiobook to Plex, like you have to sideload like a metadata agent so that it matches up with like an author. And then it shows like your audiobook information and description and all of that stuff. Yeah. But that's... like 60% of the time you have to manually go in and fix match, which is a fucking nightmare.
2: Yeah. I so. understand that. But that's not the case for Audio Bookshelf because it's not Plex. Oh. And I, th- I think you keep missing when I say that. It's not Plex. It is its own instance that you put in Docker on your server. It is not linked to Plex. It doesn't play through Plex. It is its own thing. Oh. So you spool up your own container of Audio Bookshelf And then you download the app and you link your audio bookshelf Docker like you connect to it like you make your own instance and you make your own account so you sign into it so you can do the back and forth sync Mm, with what you're listening to and download and all that other stuff but it's not Plex. It doesn't touch Plex. doesn't look like Plex. doesn't go through Plex. has absolutely nothing to do with Plex.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm just looking at it now.
2: Huh.
0: I might actually look into this. I just liked having everything in Plex because, like, that's currently what I have. Fair, fair. If that is just a better version of a thing that I use all the time, that might be way better. (laughs) I know people have been
1: asking about, like, every once in a while there's a Reddit thread where people are like, hey, Plex, you should add audiobook support,
0: but they never do. And I don't think they ever will, to be
2: honest. They have other stuff they need to fix first, like their fucking download button. Yeah. On, like, iPads and mobile. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they need to fix, but... It's just, I, I was always
1: intrigued, because I can't remember what it... I don't know if it's Jellyfin or whatever the... MB? MB. But one of those two has, like, built-in audiobook and also, like, e-reader support, okay. which I always was like, that's super cool, like... Cause like ideally if you could just open up your plex and it was like here's your movies your tv shows your books your audiobooks your podcasts and like comics like it's like an all-in-one media thing mm-hmm. or self-hosted right which is like ideally what i would want right like i want everything in one app right because i podcasts right now
0: are in my plex and pictures are in my plex So it's like it's kind of nice to just have it all in one app but
2: yeah that's fair Maybe one day,
0: maybe one day.
2: I mean, not right away, but maybe one day.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like you can bake everything in a plex right now. It's just kind. Of, it's super not elegant. Yeah. What I'll say. Well,
2: that's why but, I'm gonna look at this audio bookshelf at some point. <clears throat> Cause I I don't pay for Audible anymore, but I like I, for a while, for quite a while, I did. So I have quite a collection of audio books in there, and I'd like to. I don't know if you knew this, but if you log into your Audible account, all those books that you pay for, that you own, you can download them, right?
1: Yeah, but you've got to decrypt them to be able to play them in not Audible. Because I had to do that with all of mine. Mm. So you actually download a program and you log into your Audible and then you run the software and it will literally grab and download and then decrypt all of your audiobooks and then you can play them in anything.
2: Oh, well, the one that I was watching... Uh, like someone was posted a video on how to do it and the video was from like three m- months ago it was like you log right into audible click the audio book and there's like a button to download the audio book that you own right in the website without any encryption decryption just oh. like hey this is your file I mean you technically bought it so if you want to download a copy onto your computer just click here and you push the button and it downloads it as whatever that file format was m4b or some shit
1: oh weird because i know when i had to do it i didn't like decrypt all of them Hmm. Hmm. maybe that's all changed i don't know it was like a year or so ago that i did it but and it was like to be honest it was super easy like i just logged into whatever this program is and two hours later they were like all your files are just in this folder that you picked so but Hmm.
0: so it was super easy to do but if i didn't have to do that that would have been cool
2: yeah but, yeah alright so hey, Internet Lux archive te- defending its digital library in court
1: yeah and they actually lost it came out after but they lost yeah they did and it's the consensus kind of seems to be that like this shouldn't have been the hill they died on because it was like pretty much a given that they were going to lose so a lot of people were like why did you spend the resources to do this
2: well, catch me up. What were they in court for?
1: So basically, before COVID, the Internet Archive basically had this policy where it was like, if someone sends us a book, we'll scan it and upload it to the Internet Archive. And if you want to use it like a library, if we have one copy, you can take that one copy out and read it. And then when you return it, we'll lend it out to one other person, which was all fine and good because that, didn't break any like copyright laws it was just like hey you have one copy you're lending out one copy Mm -hmm. what happened was at the start of covid they were like okay everyone's at home we want to do something so that more people can access these because they have nothing to do so they reverted that policy and basically said we have one copy of this book we'll lend it out to whoever unlimited number of times so basically like a thousand people could rent the same book and the book publishers went, Hey, that actually breaks a bunch of copyright, so we're gonna sue the shit out of you. And they did. And then they lost.
2: Okay, that sounds about exactly how I would think it would go then in that case.
1: Yeah. And so like a lot of people are like kinda like, Why did you try to like
2: <laughs> why did you go down this hill? Like you should have just left it alone. Yeah, you should have apologized, took your fucking lick, settled out of court, carried on with life.
1: Yeah, so, and it's, but yeah, it was just kind of, like, uh, reading it, because at first I was like, oh, this isn't, like, good news, like, the Internet Archive is, like, a great kind of public domain, great thing that, like, hopefully is around forever, Mm -hmm. and then to read that they're getting, you know, sued, it's kind of like, oh, shit, like, is the Internet Archive gonna, you know, go tits up, you know, but it turns out that, like, I don't think they are, but it's... But then, the like, the more I read into it, the more, like, the community and stuff was kind of, like, super disappointed in them about this, because they were like, this is your own doing, you knew this was probably going to happen, and then you decided to spend a shit ton of resources, and you're a not-for-profit defending this, when, in reality, there was no kind of outcome where you would have won,
0: type thing, so... Yeah. But, Yeah. Just kind of like an
2: interesting kind of thing that popped up where I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's wild." Yeah, it seems like such a terrible idea to fight that. Like that seems like if you would ask anyone with common sense and been like, "Hey, this is the situation. Like, fuck, they're gonna sue me now. You think I should fight back and sue them back?" No, yeah. you very, very, very clearly broke multiple copyright laws.
1: Well they said didn't one thing they did something but, else.
2: Well yeah, but you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah. But
1: it was yeah, and it was just like I I don't know the decision to just open the the floodgates like that like I get on one hand why they did it cuz they were like hey, we're the not for profit good guy and we want everyone to like have books to read while they're in yeah. lockdown. <laughs> like I get that aspect, but at the same time like when they did it everyone was like, you know this is just going to backfire fucking excessively and they were like, "Eh, We'll deal with that when the time comes.
2: Yeah, we'll be know. such big heroes that if this does blow up in our face, someone will come to our defense because we are heroes. And that yeah, doesn't and always pan out that way at all. It turns
0: turns around, they just fucked around and found out, so.
2: Yep. But yeah. What else have we got here? <laughs> I find it fascinating that Ubisoft is going to use an AI ghostwriting tool. Yeah, and... It's funny
1: because, like, the, if you read the consensus from, like, the writing community in video games, like, this is not a good thing at all.
2: No, it's going to be
1: dog shit. <laughs> and it's especially because it's Ubisoft. Like, Ubisoft's writing is already garbage. Like, I'm not trying to shit on the writers, but, like, it's not typically good writing in a Ubisoft no. game. So, like, eh. And they, like, try to pitch it as, like, hey, this is going to... It was funny cuz they said the one quote that got uh thrown around was they were like this will free up writers to work on other aspects of the game and everyone was like well writers don't make games they write so like what are you going to have them do if they're not writing
4: yeah
2: <laughs> it's just Publish like press releases
1: yeah and it's like and everyone was like this is just a way to cut costs and not pay your writers and it was just like
2: yeah that's exactly what it is this is Ubisoft trying to be as cheap as they fucking can be
1: yeah in in typical Ubisoft fashion it's just like yeah
2: I mean there's already some
1: there's already some websites that are I think oh shit what is I know there's one news website that is like actively using AI to write all their articles I don't remember what it is though
2: No, it's and maybe I'm the the only person who feels annoyed by this since <clears throat> Chat GPT went public, mm-hmm. you have AI everything fucking popping up. I know. AI this, AI that, AI that. And like, okay, that's fine and doodle dandy. Throw AI everywhere. But I see lots of people that are trying to advertise their AI as just as good, if not better than Chat GPT despite the fact that they are using chat GPT. Yeah, totally. And it's like, hold up your no name company that got invented fucking two weeks ago. You're going to tell me somehow you have a better fucking like training base than the guys who've been spent like the last, like five plus years training their language models. You're going to tell me somehow you did that in a week. Like, get yeah, totally. the fuck out of here. But then, Anyone can make an app using ChatGPT, using their API. They give people oh, yeah. that ability. You have to be a GPT premium member, which is like twenty bucks a month. Yeah, but that's a small pittance, right? Depending on what you're using <laughs> it for.
1: Totally. I mean, Home Assistant has got you can literally just log in and use GPT three. I think it is straight in Home Assistant. So
2: yeah, which like, is fine. But then I that's this is like the shitty thing. This is where I start to get annoyed because they made their, their API public for those who subscribe to their premium service. They give access to it. Yeah. So I get it, but I don't, and I don't completely understand why, but it bothers me. Like I saw one last night that popped up that I clicked on in the Google play store. <clears throat> I think it was called Nova. And it was True. like, this is GPT. This is like at your fingertips, at your disposal, anytime you need. We've got some pre-written prompts in here if you want to change the personality or if you're looking for certain things like help with a math problem. And it looked like a well-created app. Yeah. Well, you get a free three-day trial. And then after that, it's like 10, 10 or $15 a week. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's it's 40 bucks a month essentially. But yeah. All these guys are doing is paying ChatGPT $20 a month for their fucking API, throwing it in an Android app and then charging fucking Joe Blow who doesn't know how this all works, who can't use their own API and figure out how to put it into non-app like stuff like cuz you can use the API to put it into uh Apple Shortcuts. You could take the API yeah to make basically your own chat GPT on your phone through Tasker. So you have all these yep. options to do this where it's not going to cost you anything other than the OpenAI membership at $20 a month. Most people won't bother to or can figure this out. So they're paying people like fucking Nova or whatever the hell this app was. I forget. Like I'd have to see what app it was, but something to that effect. But 7 to $10 a week, and all That's they're doing ridiculous. is pulling off of OpenAI open api and they've got like a hundred thousand plus fucking downloads already mm-hmm. so if you got that many users paying you ten dollars a month like these guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month paying for a twenty dollar fucking api key Yeah. and i don't know why i mean it's business i get it but it irritates me it um, irritates grifter's people. gonna grift right well, no, you... yeah, Grifters are going to grift, but like for the love of God, open AI. I understand you guys have a lot going on. yeah. that's like maybe what your' down own on some fucking of shit? app already. Because yeah. you go and you type in AI in like the Apple Play Store, the Google Play Store, and there's like hundreds of them all trying to charge 10, 20, 30, 40 dollars plus for this fucking app. Mm-hmm. I feel like open AI should just Make an app. Yes, make an app. Yeah, and yeah. hey, still charge twenty dollars a month for that premium access. Just have yeah. your own app with your own API in it, and then AP, and then they can stop like, because they need money. Because this thing costs disgusting amounts of money to run every day. Oh, yeah, That's totally. why they're taking such big investments from like Microsoft and so on, and so forth. So it's like, hey, build your own fucking app with access to and, your own fucking API. Charge the twenty dollars a month still, so that people can use it on the go. And boom, there's there's some fucking cash influx. Yeah. Cuz meanwhile all these other apps are making millions of millions of dollars a month and you're not getting a cut of that.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Uh, did you watch
1: the South Park episode where they did
2: Oh yeah, I did. did. It on... I've <laughs> yeah. watched all of them. I'm completely up to date on that show.
1: Yeah, that episode was fucking amazing. And it's actually, like, in the writing Hilarious. credits, it's actually, it's actually fucking credited because they actually used it for some stuff.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I saw that, too. That'd
1: I was be- like, as soon as hit, I saw that, I was like, oh, that's fucking the most South Park thing ever. Is They're like, yeah, we're totally going to run some of this fucking <laughs> show through.
2: Yeah, well, you can tell yeah. that whole final monologue that Stan delivers is all ChatGPT written. Yeah, it was fucking, it was amazing. It was the most South Park thing ever. Yeah, that was great.
0: But yeah. AI. I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. It's getting to the point where it's like every other fucking article is like... And I'm just like... Yeah, I get it. It's cool. But... It's not that cool.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But maybe that's just me. I mean, it's a game changer. To me, this is just as groundbreaking as the day that the very first touchscreen smartphone came out where a bunch of people sure. were like, okay, cool, like it's a screen that you can touch. Still just a phone, what else am I supposed to do with it? Give it a little more time. This is 100% a yeah. game changer. Oh no, and I,
1: I think the same, it's just like, I'm just tired of like every second article I see being like some version of it where I'm like, okay, I get it, right?
2: Yeah, that's fair. But.
0: But yeah. Yeah. People are gonna use it for good stuff and Ubisoft's just gonna use it for bad stuff. Oh, I hate Ubisoft.
2: <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> what else we got here? You season five. I've actually we're almost done season four. I think we got three episodes left. Oh
1: yeah. I haven't started the
2: second half yet.
1: I just I just saw it was downloaded on my nest today, so
2: I've liked this season so far. Yeah, I was super worried that it was just going to be repetitive. Because by the end of the last season, I was like, "Okay, I don't know how many times I can watch this guy meet a complete random stranger, fucking run through his head, how she may or may not be, stalk him, fall in love, and then kill them and move on." Like it's like, okay, I've seen this formula before. Let's. So it is super interesting that they're going in a bit of a different direction and kind of going with this weird, like, murder mystery.
4: Yeah,
1: that's what I really liked is, like, it it didn't do the same thing, right? So, And that's why I'm kind of, that's why I kind of like this news where it's like, hey, they're like, hey, season five is coming, but it's also the last one. Like, there's not going to be any more after season five, which I think makes sense. Yeah. like. And it writes,
0: and then it's a perfectly good five-season show that, like, goes out on a high note, right? Oh, for so. sure.
2: But yeah. That if I gets never, to run all five, that is. Yeah, that is
1: true. I never thought I would like you. I think we talked about it when it first, like, came out, where it was like, you look at the premise of that show, and you're like, that sounds awful. I
4: didn't
1: but even then you watch it. To- it
2: I never even made it to the premise. I'd be scrolling through Netflix and sometimes they just have those trailers play. And every time that trailer would come up, I would like see the title card you, and I would see the little trailer and I'm like, Oh, this is some fucking like teenage love drama bullshit. This is like, this is gossip girl. The dude from gossip girl is doing a new version of gossip girl. Like I don't care. It, it just old. seemed like some CW bullshit, and yeah. I was like, no, thank you. It took a long time before I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot.
1: Yeah. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is actually something else, and it's actually kind of a super decent take on this modern kind of fucking stalkerish type shit. mm mm-hmm. So.
3: Yeah.
2: John Wick spinoff. I am excited for that. I'm going to go see John Wick on Monday, matter of fact, because like, I haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to wait for it to be VOD.
2: Or oh, not this guy. we going to go see it in theaters.
1: What's interesting about this show is they're just going to do three 90 minute episodes. So it's just. <laughs> what? Ames. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's going to come out on Peacock. And it's just gonna be three ninety minute episodes, which is so it's like three it's three movies, basically focused on young Winston and
2: a fucking someone else,
1: but yeah, I read that, and I was like,
2: huh <laughs> okay. interesting, okay, yeah, that's news to me, right, so it's like, yeah, it's just three ninety minute episodes, not entirely sure how I feel about that format, but uh, yeah. I guess I'll just watch the three Continental movies. Yeah, that's like, to me,
1: it's just kind of like, why don't you just make, like, a Continental trilogy and just do
2: that?
3: (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) If I get
2: it sooner because it's going on a streaming service, then so be it. Yeah, totally.
0: But, yeah, I'll be curious what the show is.
1: Because prequels tend to be hit or miss, like, when... Mm. It's always a hit-or-miss thing when you take this, like, here's this mysterious thing in this universe, and the kind of thing that makes it great is how mysterious it is, and now we're just going to explain it all? Like, that can go really good or really bad, right? Yeah. You know, Boba Fett is a great example of, like, that that character didn't need a TV show, and it actually kind of made the character worse because he got a really bad TV show. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like part of the allure of that character was not knowing. So it's like, I'm curious what the John wick stuff is. Right. Cause to me, a lot of that, a lot of the cool stuff of that hotel was like the mystery around it. Right. Like in the first movie, when it walks in and like deposits coins into a door and then walks into a bar, it's like, you don't necessarily need to explain all of that. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'll watch more John wick stuff. I mean, it's John wick. Keep pumping them out. Go all the way up to John
0: wick 10. Like if you, put another John Wick movie on my NAS, I'm going to hit play. So, yeah.
3: Alright, what else we got?
0: Creed 3. I watched that the
2: other night. I talked to a few people who've seen it. They were very, very happy with it. Jonathan Majors is... Well, he's fucking Jonathan Majors. Yeah.
1: It's, it was super solid. I mean, going into it, like Rocky's one of my favorite franchises of all time. I heard there's no Rocky in it. No, which was the big concern is like, okay, this is the first mainline Creed movie and I guess Rocky universe, we'll call it that, I guess, that Stallone isn't involved in. So it's like the question was like, is it going to be good without him in it? And it's also directed by Michael B. Jordan. So it's like, can he direct? And it's like the answer to both those questions is, yeah, totally. It's it's more Creed. Like, it's not doing anything crazy storyline-wise, because it's a Rocky movie. Like, they're all just kind of different versions of the same story, you know? But it's super solid and totally holds its own and sets up to do more. Just going
2: like to be if you more like... Creeds?
0: Oh, probably. It definitely sets it up, you know? And it's... But yeah, it's... If you
1: like the Creed movies, you will more than likely like the third one. It's super solid.
2: Hmm. I don't know if I've ever actually watched any of the Creeds. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: They're actually all really good.
2: I mean, I've heard that. I hear good things about Michael B. Jordan all the time. Yeah. I didn't mind him in the Tom Clancy, and I didn't mind him in Black Panther, but I haven't seen a whole lot of his works outside of there. haven't seen any of the Creeds, but yeah, you're not the first person to tell me that the Creed movies are good, and you're not the first person who's told me that this newest Creed... That they were like hesitant going into it but thought it was phenomenal by the time they walked out. Yeah.
1: I mean I wouldn't say it was just like phenomenal, but it was it it was good. It was good. Oh, like, so it was
2: dog shit, is what you're saying.
1: It totally. <laughs> but no, it's like if if you like the Rocky Creed movies, like it's it's totally one of those and it's it's a very good one. It's
0: yeah. It's super solid.
1: I hope they do more because they kinda set up like they're kind of setting up their own like little universe with it,
0: you know. So,
2: oh, there'll definitely be more. There's a, there's no way that they're not. Yeah. This the studio's proper probably are already green lit like, fucking Creed four five six seven eight nine all the way through ten. Well,
1: oh, probably. And I want to say I saw an article like a while ago. Where I, I, I take this with a grain of salt because I don't remember if it's true or not. But I want to say I saw an article that. Was very much kind of like, yeah, we're gonna do something with this kind of Creed universe and make it something. But again, I never saved that article, so but I want to say something
0: like that.
2: Well, if the Fast and the Furious can manage to make money and come back every fucking year, very true. Very true.
0: Okay, I gotta shit on the fucking Windows Game Pass app. For a couple of minutes here.
2: Why? I was just using it the other day, actually.
1: Yeah, and the other day, mine just fucking broke. And just doesn't work. And apparently, it's been a common problem for years. But one day, I an update ran. And every time I go to open up the Game Pass app, it just hangs on a nice big black screen with the Xbox logo. And you literally have to force-end the task every time. And it just straight up won't open.
2: Wait, is this on your Xbox? No,
1: this is on PC.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. I don't... I literally was playing Xbox Game Pass last night.
1: And you know what? So was I. But I can't actually open the app. So, Mm. like, I had some friends over and we were playing Grounded. And I was like, great, my Xbox Game Pass app isn't working. And to be honest, sometimes it works totally fine. But 99% of the time, for the last, like, three weeks, just opens up to a black screen. But I can actually but to get in so here's the fucked up part to get into the, like to play your installed games you've got to like search your windows taskbar for like the actual application and then launch it because you can't actually go into the physical fucking app and launch it and i looked up online because i was like how the fuck do i fix this and apparently this has been an issue for tons of people for like years since it's like came out where some people are just like yep it's still just i've reinstalled game pass I've completely wiped it from my windows machine. I've reverted a windows update. Login still just fucking doesn't work. And I'm just like I was I'm looking at it and I'm like what the fuck? Why did this just randomly fucking break one day? Why is this the month where all of my shit randomly breaks? I don't understand. I had that with my NAS. I told you about that, the mm-hmm. one week where it just fucking exploded one day. Just like all of my shit is just like it makes me never want to fucking update a thing in my life.
2: I don't understand why it broke. Yeah, that's I've got nothing for you because I've used <laughs> yeah. it a few times and I had no issues. The only problem I've had with the Xbox Windows app because it's like all of it is in one app now, right? Mm-hmm. Is when you go to community and you go to like your friends list to like join Xbox party chat. Cause sometimes yeah. they'll play Call of Duty with guys on Xbox and they don't sure. want to use Discord. Even though sure. you can get Discord on fucking Xbox and PlayStation now, and it's infinitely yeah. a better service that everyone can use. Anyway, I yeah, digress.
0: Totally.
2: Yeah. So I was in the Xbox par- I they sent me a Xbox party chat uh invite. It just mm-hmm. never came across ever. Yeah. And it took me like five minutes to figure out how to just like join their party chat. yeah. Which was super frustrating, but I've never had game pass ultimate not work. Every game I've downloaded plops a fucking icon on my desktop. So it's right there. So I know when it's there and I know when Xbox automatically removes it. Anytime yep. I tried to do game stream, I haven't had any issues.
1: Oh, to- Up until this broke, I had been using game pass on my PC for like two and a half fucking years. Not one issue. And then Mm. one day it just was like, hey, uh, so we're just gonna not work now. And I was like, cool, thanks. Guess I just can't install Game Pass games because I can't get into the fucking interface to fucking find them. So I guess I just play what I have installed. (laughs) It's like.
2: (laughs) that's So fucking weird.
1: Yeah, and the amount of Reddit threads I found where people were like literally having the same issue. They're just like, yep, to this day, Still not works. And actually, if you go into the Microsoft store and open the Xbox app, one of the top most like pinned helpful comments is someone trying to fix, is like giving a solution to try to fix this. But that solution doesn't work for me and a handful of other people. Hmm. So it's like, it's clearly an issue. And Microsoft is just like, everything's fine meme. Uh
2: (laughs) Maybe you need to ask Microsoft's Bing AI.
1: Maybe. Maybe it might just tell me to go fuck myself like the Xbox app is.
2: But... I mean, that'd be pretty funny.
1: <laughs> like, how about you just go fuck yourself and not play Game Pass? It's like, cool. Because <laughs> that's basically what it's doing right
0: now. But but yeah, it's... And the other day, I just clicked it like just to see. And it worked for one day. And then... Like, I just clicked it down, it's just, it's a floating black screen that I now have to manually kill. (laughs) Super fun times. Sounds like it. Yeah. See, I just, I needed to shame Xbox Game Pass for a little bit, because,
2: yeah, I don't know. That's fine. You shame. it. I don't
1: know, I don't know why this month, anything that I update just fucking
0: breaks. It's starting to get super annoying.
2: Yeah, you need to just never update anything again.
0: Oh, yeah, and it's fucking
1: like I told you about my NAS, which was the most infuriating fucking update problem ever because
0: it was the easiest fix once you found it, but fuck.
2: That's just how she goes some days. Uh, I'm too scared to touch anything on it, man. There's some days where I'm like, you know what? Fuck, maybe I'll try, like, uh, some of the other NAS softwares like FreeBSD oh, yeah, totally. or fucking TrueNAS or whatever, because some of them seem to have some like nicer, kind of like features. Totally. But then I'm like, oh fuck! If I switch operating systems, is that gonna fucking... Are my hard drives? Is everything just gonna be gone?
1: Yeah, I'm at the point now where like, for the most part, I can troubleshoot and fix everything that fucks up in Open Media Vault So it's like. I don't want to have to relearn the years I've lived in that OS again. <laughs> I just don't.
2: <laughs> I just don't want to lose everything. If I lost yeah, totally. 40 or 50 terabytes of a fucking library because I decided to switch operating systems, I'd fucking kill myself.
1: I'd probably give up. I'd probably be like, you know what? The NAS was cool
2: while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, I'd be over it. I'd be so fucking done. I'd be like, well
1: like if my nas completely like got to the point where it was like this none of this is recoverable i'd be like well you know what maybe that hundred dollars in streaming services is not not the worst deal in mankind <laughs> maybe i'll just go back to that
2: <laughs> yeah brutal but yeah, but yeah picking, no, i i know i'm sorry go ahead
1: i was gonna say i'm afraid to update anything now like after i did that fix I was looking at it and I was like, you know what? I should like give, give this a reboot after all these fixes and things. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just not, I'm just going to like everything's stable and running. I'm just not going to touch this for another six months. That's a good call. (laughs) I'm not
2: touching mine at all.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't roll open media vault updates unless you want to click on the link I sent you that has the fix and then you can fix it from there.
2: Yeah. I'm just going to (laughs) not roll it up. But even yeah, would, Home Assistant's been doing that to me lately. I don't know which which one of these motherfuckers is guilty. I, I had Home
1: Assistant issues not too long ago, where one day, fucking, the, like, two automations I had just fucking stopped working, and I was like, Yeah. Uh, nothing, uh, like, I didn't do anything. I didn't reel any updates. Just one day, just fucking stopped working. And then I went into the dashboard, and it was like, Hey, you got some updates available? And I was like, I'm gonna hesitantly roll these, and then all of a sudden my automations worked again. I was like, "What the fuck?"
2: Yes, I don't, I, understand. I don't understand how it's working. So I have an automation that when any of my because I have sensors, open close sensors on all my windows and all my doors. Yep. So I have an automation that if any of those is triggered to show open, it plays a door chime sound through every single Google device I have in the house. So through oh, all my Google the same m-
1: problem. Cause it was the Google speakers that weren't working yeah. for any of my automations.
2: Yeah. So it worked flawlessly for like fucking months and months and months. Then all of a sudden we we're opening the doors and it just wasn't working. So I go downstairs and I like, what the fuck. The automation's still there. Yeah. It says I need an update. All right, cool. So I'll fucking update it, update it, rerun the automation. Okay. It seems to be working like three days later it breaks again and I'd have to go in there. And then I fucking dismantled the speaker group I had set up through the Google home app. We made a new speaker group, added all of those speakers to it, went back into Home Assistant, made a new automation with the newest speaker group, and they worked again. And yeah. then yesterday, it just shit the fucking bed again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, is Google updating their apps and that's causing like a brief breakage because they're doing something with their update that's breaking up my speaker group? Or is Home Assistant, even though I'm not clicking update, Somehow, doing some kind of background update that's fucking killing my automations. I was getting I have no so idea. frustrated. It's, yeah, it's, I think
1: it was, I can't remember what episode it was, but when we talked about, remember that fucking LastPass guy that had the vulnerability because he didn't update his Plex for like six years? Yes. I'm slowly growing to be like, you know what? If it's not broken. Does it need
2: an update? (laughs) I can see how someone might make it all the way to six years.
1: Yeah, it's just like... I think I texted you this after my NAS fiasco where I was like, I think updates now, like, I'm just going to scroll unless it says security patch. I'm just not going to touch it. (laughs) Because updates just breaking shit for no reason. Or just, in the case of home assistant, just fucking...
2: Yeah, hey, no you didn't updates. Update. Yeah, yeah, it's the updates uh, fix the problem. But how is the how is there? If I'm not uh, updating, where's this problem coming from?
1: Yeah, it's because uh, I had the It was the same thing, and I was fucking. I was fighting with it like all day because I was like, "What the fuck changed?" I was like, "I didn't update anything. No device in my network updated. The Home Assistant doesn't even connect outside of my
0: house. What the fuck changed?" <laughs> I was just like, uh.
2: Yeah, super, Fucking, super frustration.
1: That also, like, I can't remember what I was looking at, but it was, like, something after the fact, and it was, like, it was like, uh, I can't re- remember what it was, but it was, like, someone did, like, an automation, and I was, like, oh, that's really cool, but then, like, the thought in, in the back of my head that, like, I'm, like, this with all of home automation is, like, if I can't manually do the task, I'm not automating it. Because the moment that home assistant just doesn't work and I can't fucking, like, do something is just, like, not cool.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, I get what you're saying with that.
1: But it was like someone had done something where it was like they basically never had to touch something. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But, like, the moment you can't turn off your lights because your home automation broke is, like, day I fucking rage. So,
0: but maybe that's just me.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: (sighs) fucking updates yeah non-updates just breaking shit
2: (laughs) but speaking of broken shit last of us pc finally out but performing like dog shit yeah it's everything about that port is
1: fucking terrible apparently which is fucking so perplexing because like most sony pc ports Everyone has been like, these are great ports. Day one, they run great. There's all the computer settings a PC user could ask for, and everything runs like totally Gucci. And then The Last of Us, Sony's biggest franchise ever, coming off the heels of a TV show that was critically acclaimed, ships in the same state as Arkham Knight on PC, which coincidentally. Was maybe the same people that ported the last of us from what i was reading <laughs> so oh, <really? laughs> yeah but yeah it's just been everything apparently like people were waiting like fucking like six hours for the shaders to load and then the game would just crash fucking See, what, textures are all over the place
2: what fascinates me the most is like i heard that this has been a terrible launch that it's riddled and plagued with problems and stuff and then i come across some articles where people are like no i'm playing it and it's playing fucking super great on my pc it's playing super great on my fucking steam deck everything's going good like i'm, I'm locked in at least 30 frames steady no major dips no major crashes shaders compiling and you're like how does this guy have such an amazing experience but everyone else's dog shit you want to know what the fucking it, you know what it was
1: is it the people rocking like the forty nineties and the fucking like? No. Nope. Are
0: nope. they running just on like fucking seven twenty p?
2: Nope. Hmm. It was people that were fucking downloading the cracked versions.
1: You know because what? Because the people surprise me. who were
2: cracking and repacking this fucking Last of Us game were going, "Hey, hold on! They have this DLS fucking file in here. This is an oh, old one." it needs a new one and the fucking repackers were going through and fixing and replacing all of the files that were causing the crashes the bugs the stuttering the shader issues and the repackers fixed the fucking game
1: that's right because i remember it was there was a reddit thread and someone was like hey i actually found a fix that solves 90 percent of this stuff and do you know what it was the the commenter was like download this game because it uses the same engine and everything that they did, extract this DLL file and import it and replace it into your Last of Us install and mm-hmm. it's the correct file. And people are like,
2: fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I saw that one too. The It was just a single DLL file and something that yeah. fucked a lot of shit up. But a lot of people were looking at the repackers and what they had done to crack the game and some of them in their thing put down like, Hey, this game is cracked. It comes with this and this and like, let me put it out there. Like, I'm not saying go download crack games. blah, blah, blah. Disclaimer, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. like some of these repackers were like, okay, Hey, so this is the last of us. This is day one edition on PC. It's got all this bonus content, blah, 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 blah. And then they have like the miniature sub bullet points underneath. And it's like, replace the dub, da- blah 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 dot blah 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 file with this file replace this file with this file for an updated dlss updated this file replace this one and people were taking that list that the repacker did and applying it to the game that they had already purchased and fixing all of their problems
0: totally yeah
1: and it's i mean it's not new that the game crack scene fixes games i mean Pretty much every time a de novo game gets cracked, it runs infinitely better because it doesn't have de novo,
2: <laughs> right?
1: So it's like, yeah.
2: I'm like, it's such a fucking situation because on one hand, like, you know, morally you got to be like, oh, well, people slaved away building this game, labor of love, like you should pay for it, shouldn't pirate it, blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time it's like most people aren't playing it or can't play it cuz it's in such a fucking terrible state of affairs and it's the crackers and repackers that are actually making it playable. It's like Totally. This, it's just this weird kind of area where you're like like someone would have to like someone would have to be like fuck these game crackers. But then mm-hmm. at the other hand in the same breath you have to be like god bless these game crackers totally. because I'm not sure, and I don't want to go back through all this fucking code and try and figure out how to fix my game. This guy cracked this game in 24 fucking hours, and he fixed all the problems for me. Like it's, yeah. yeah. The whole thing is just so so fucking wild.
0: Yeah. It's just... I
1: don't know. It's, it's just kind of spectacular how they took like their biggest game... And botched and it? They were, yeah, where they were just like, hey, The Last of Us is finally coming to PC... And everyone was hyped because they're like, holy shit, The Last of Us is coming to PC. Like, one of the greatest games ever. One of the biggest Sony exclusives finally coming to PC hot off the heels of the show. And then they're just like, hey, this is actually kind of the worst fucking port in recent years. So, there you go. Yep. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, you burnt a lot of goodwill with the PC community there, Sony. Especially because most of their other ports were, like, fucking fantastic. Where it was like, hey, day one. It just works and runs, and here's all your PC-exclusive features and your ultra-wide support. And then they're like, hey, The Last of Us? Ah, but you just go fuck yourself?
2: <laughs> yeah, the sad part is, is it's not gonna really affect sales, and it's not gonna oh, stop no. anyone from buying the next Sony port.
1: <sighs> oh, no, god, no. And, like, I wasn't gonna buy this game at full price on launch. Like, I was gonna be the person that waits, like, six months for it to be $30 on sale. So here's hoping it's all ironed out.
2: Yeah, I want it too, but I want it specifically to play on my Steam Deck.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I want it for, and I don't even know, like, is it running now good on the Steam Deck? I don't know.
2: I don't know, it's been a few days since I've checked into the State of Affairs, so...
1: I know the
0: Steam Deck subreddit had a mega thread going, but I don't know if they still do or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah.
1: All right, what's up with the the new Twitter bullshit?
2: It's nothing crazy or important <laughs> and stuff like that, but I was just, like, reading an article the other day, and it wasn't an article, sorry. It was, like, a back-and-forth Twitter thread where oh, some, sure. some guy had basically posted. He's like, can you fucking believe this Elon guy? He's out here in one of these Twitter spaces, like those online Twitter chat rooms. Sure, sure. Talking to engineers about... Like, if they really gave a shit about Twitter's code base, they would help fix it and contribute to it for free, despite the fact that they've been recently laid off? And then someone else is like, oh, yeah, okay, good good April Fool's joke. This is fucking hilarious. And the dude's like, yeah, no, this is not an April Fool's joke. This happened in a Twitter space, like, two days ago. And then linked the Twitter space, and it was... I didn't listen to it. I was just because, like, I was busy doing other stuff but i was seeing a lot of comments on it and the the general consensus is basically it was like a twitter space full of a bunch of ex twitter employees who had been laid off and they were talking about like you shouldn't have laid us off there's so much work to be done and elon was basically like well if it's that important and you really want to do it you can do it for free (laughs) I was like like, hey elon how about you go fuck yourself
1: It's like what the fuck?
2: Oh my god, I couldn't even believe it. Uh but I thought it was it, hilarious. I, uh, the mind
1: hoops to jump through to get that logic has got to be fucking insane. It's yeah.
0: got to be fucking insane. It's like what? Like oh god.
1: Yeah, it was pretty wild. Like, that—that that is some um, hoops to jump through to get to that logic and, like, to go, you know what? I'm going to say this out loud. This seems totally rational. It's like, and you know what? Only some rich asshole can probably get through those hoops because mm-hmm. they don't need to work mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> so it's like, oh, boy. What the fuck is Twitter and Elon going to look like a year from now?
2: I don't know, man. They say it's already he's already lost like twenty billion on, on his forty billion investment. Yeah.
1: Like at this at this point is just a tax rate off. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Did Elon just need a just need a big tax L to fucking
2: keep his taxes down? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe he thought he could genuinely turn it around. I don't know. It's crazy because prior to going in all of this, like Twitter was operating at a loss. Like and this wasn't like some kind of backroom secret that only the CEOs knew. Like it went public and it was operating at a loss. Like they need to figure out a way to monetize and make money off of it. Yeah. And I get that. I understand some of the logic behind some of Elon's fucking moves. I don't necessarily agree with them. Yeah. But I understand them. But we have to keep in mind too, like he, he hasn't even owned Twitter for a year yet. So like he bought it for forty billion, it's worth twenty billion right now. Okay, cool. So yeah, he lost twenty billion. He didn't lose twenty billion because he had a bunch of people chip in fucking money for his purchase. But it hasn't even been a year yet. Yeah. Like if I don't know if anyone recalls, but like when he bought into fucking Tesla, Tesla was not a very profitable company. No. Tesla has changed.
0: It's still not that profitable of a country, or. But more so
2: than it was, right? Like these steps
0: that you take. Yeah.
2: But yeah, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and I started playing Sons of the Forest. How was that? I never played the
1: first one, but I've seen some clips on the second one, and it looks kind of cool.
2: You know what? It's hilarious. I had a certain mutual friend of ours that I play games regularly with convinced me to buy the Forest, the first one. Yeah, years ago, like when it first came out. He was like, this looks so good, let's play this. We bought it. I'd have to reopen my Steam. I think I've got four hours into it. So it just didn't do anything for you? No, I was kind of into it, but then like we had one play session and then just life got in the way, and then it was like mm. it was interesting and good, but not interesting enough where either of us were dying to play it again. Sure. We just didn't. Right. And then lo and behold, I'm hearing all of these like streamers and shit talking about Sons of the Forest, and I'm like, oh, what's that? I'm like, holy fuck, it's a sequel to The Forest, the game that I never put more than five hours into, but sure. Sure. I'll get this one in alpha as well or beta. Yeah. What an early access, if you will, mm-hmm. again, against the, uh, recommendation of the same friend, <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed it. We've already fucking beaten the main story mission. So like, really. if like my gripe is honestly, if you were to load into that game with a group of friends and not spoiler yourself, like don't fucking look up everything. And you, you, it would probably take you like a good 20 hours, 20 plus hours, 30 hours, maybe at least to like get through the story. Cause there is a story element to this game. It's a survival game, but there's a story element, right? We went in and he had already put like 20 hours into it and figured a bunch of stuff out and then looked up a few of the other things. So basically as soon as I loaded into a server where we were co-oping it, it was like, okay, we're going to come here, grab this. Now we're going to grab this. Then we're going to go to this cave and do this. And then we're going to go do this. And like, I don't know. So it, it kind of might...
1: took the exploration, like figured out fun aspect, which to me is like, that's why I play those survival games is like, I want to learn and like fuck around with all these systems and maybe late game. I'll look up some stuff kind of thing. Right.
2: Well, and like this had nothing to do with it because we had, honestly, we didn't craft anything until we finished the main story. Oh. Weird. Yeah, it was like, oh, you... Right at the beginning, you get this axe. But if we go over here, we get this other axe, which is more powerful and doesn't take as much of a stamina hit. And then, oh, we'll go over here, we'll get this other axe. Okay, now if we want to fast travel up and down, or down hills we need a sled, so we gotta go to this base, get this 3D printer, print a fucking sled. Now we can get from the top to the bottom of the fucking island mountain super fast, you just hop on a fucking sled and shoom, slide all the way down. So it like little sure. things like that. But the they're at like they post, they have it right on the main page when you load into the game, like next update in two days and they update it weekly. Oh. And since he bought it and started playing, cause I bought it like a week or two after he did and started playing with him they've already introduced like a couple different like miniature bosses and they added some elements to the story quest. Oh, okay. And once you get through the story quest, it's kind of interesting where it's like, Oh, I hope there's some kind of DLC where you get to explore this other part. Sure. My favorite part of crafting games is crafting. So now that we're done the main story, we actually get to craft. And that is what I'm like genuinely having the most fun with, but they need to figure out a fucking dual server, like save system. So like, for example, like he started the game and then invited me in and I joined him. And we both started it from the very beginning. Right now, if you pitch a tent or find a tent, you can save your game. Red. In my head, the way it should work is if you're both playing and you're like, okay, we're both going to log off right now. Let's go to this tent. Let's each save. One save file should go to him. One save file should go to me. And then if either one of us wants to start up our world, we both have the same fucking save file. But that is not the case. So if I want to go into the world that now we're actually building bases and doing all this cool crafting stuff, I can't get on unless he's online. Is there no dedicated server support? Like, could you roll your own if you wanted to? I I could probably roll my own if I wanted to. I don't know how resource intensive it is, though. And the last thing I want to do when I have like five, six people coming off my fucking plex at all times is bog the shit of it down with the fucking open world crafting simulator. Yeah, I've had some open world crafting
1: dedicated servers like I've, I had a pretty hefty satisfactory dedicated server going. Yeah, which was like, hey, you want craft like it was crafting cities like 3D cities and factories, and every once in a while, it would just fucking completely choke the NAS.
0: <laughs> oh. it's, it's, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, that's... That save is weird, so, like, I've been playing Grounded with some friends, and they actually do a really good way of doing the sa- shared save files. Basically, when you create a hosted multiplayer game, you basically, when you create it, you go, do you want this to be a shared world with whoever you're playing with? And you go, mm-hmm. yes. And then whenever you're done playing or whatever, like if everyone's logged off, that save file gets shot up to the cloud of the grounded servers. And if any one of your friends wants to go in, they just go, I want to host an online game. And they pull the save file down. And and become a host. Yeah.
2: Yeah. and it's That's how this should work. But I cannot launch this multiplayer. To be fair, I have not gone and tried to go like continue the story in single player. Oh, sure. But I've tried to be the one where it's like, we agree, like, okay, we're both going to go on at 6.30 and, you know, craft a little base kind of thing going on. Sure. I'll be like, okay, well, I'm finished my shit early at 6 o'clock. I'm going to hop on now, and then when he gets on at 6.30, he can just jump into our world. Mm-hmm. Nope, can't do that. Hmm. Well, that's dumb as fuck. Yes. Mildly Are irritating, you... and it's kind of turned yeah. me off of the game because we put a fair amount of work into this, like, latest base building yeah. so it's like well for fuck's sakes like he, we're on i'm i'm a shop guy right so like i'm home yeah. every fucking night and i work a week on yeah. week off he's 15 and 6 and he's gone all yeah. the time so yeah. i can just can't play yeah. this game and so the with my the way my schedule and his schedule works out is this every second set of days off he has will line up with mine sure so that so basically 30 and says, so basically every like 36 days, our days off line up.
1: Right. So it's like, if you know. want to hop on and yeah, I don't around wanna... in your world, you can't until then, which is,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. I don't want to wait 36 fucking days in order to play this again. So that it's kind of pulled it away from me because honestly he goes back to work Wednesday. So do I, but our days are off. Aren't going to line up for another <clears throat> month and a half. At that point, I could completely lose all interest in it. I still have Atomic Heart I want to play. I still have Hogwarts Legacy I want to play. I still have to fucking play through Elden Ring. Yeah. So it's like, well, I don't know how this is going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: always the thing is like, if a game didn't have that, I probably wouldn't play with friends. Because like... As someone who plays quite a lot of those games with friends, it's like, if I can't hop on on a random Tuesday night and grind out some stuff and do this addition to our base without having to get everyone else involved, like, I'm just probably not going to get into it.
2: Mm-hmm. At the very least, let me roll a dedicated server so that I can just fucking self-host it, right? You know? and Yeah, well, and that's how it, how it should be. It should have, like, your main save file is somewhere so that anyone who's part of this world can be the one who boots it up and self-hosts and everyone just joins in on them. Mm -hmm. Kind of, so that part's kind of irritating. Maybe they'll fix that with a patch, I don't know. But we'll see, because if if they don't, I can tell you right now that in 36 days from now, I'm not going to be interested in playing it.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. That would, yeah, that would totally throw me off a game. It's like, if I can't either roll my own server or have some sort of save sync, it's like, I'm just... I'm not going to play with people, because, like, the more you get older, the more you realize that, like, hey, your schedules don't often line up as much as you like them to, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm not in high school anymore where I can just play this every night of the week with my friends. You know, it's like, you need a way for everyone to be able to hop on whenever they want. And if you can't, then to me,
0: your game's kind of DOA.
2: Yep. At least for me, right? Yeah, no, I feel you. Same the same way,
0: but yeah. Have you played that on your? Is it Steam Deck
2: verified? uh no, it's not Steam Deck verified yet. So I've been playing it on my main rig. Have you tried it on Steam Deck? Is it one of those like, hey, it's not verified, but like if you just install it, it works? I haven't tried, so I don't know. But if you I had, know... if you had a good group of four people, it's a lot of fun. Like, yeah. The gameplay is fun. The mechanics are fun the building is fun like i've thoroughly enjoyed it i would like to play more of it but yeah from what i've seen it seems really cool
1: it's just i probably won't play it until it gets out of early access because me and some friends had this with grounded like when it first when in early access it was the same thing we're like we started playing and we were like oh this is really cool we want to play like a shit ton of it and then we did all the content that was in early access and we we're like well fuck And it was like, okay, well, we don't really want to hop on every patch and play a little bit more. It was like, I kind of want it all to just be there. Yeah. Kind of thing. But that's more so just my gripe with early access I think in general. But And especially the survival games because they're like the king of early access and 90% of them never get finished. Yeah. But I know the forest, like I, I think that's got a strong likelihood of being totally fine because I think the first game, like they straight up within a reasonable time frame, was like, okay, it's out at early access. Here's the full game. Give her shit. So yeah, it seems like one of those games where they actually use the early access model as intended, versus not the other ones where it's like, hey, this has been in early access for twelve years and it's never coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yep. Like, what is uh, fucking Seven Days to Die or something like that? I fucking love that game. And I, I would still like it, randomly go install it and just go into, like, the creative mode and build oh a yeah. fucking massive base. I've, I've played it with friends
1: a handful of times, and I'm like, this is a really good game, but, like, my god, when is this going to be done? <laughs> and why does it look like a 360 game? <laughs> which, which is totally fine. Like, it's, like, it's I'm not shitting on the game. It's totally fun to play. But Yeah. It's just one of those games where it's,
2: like... Early access forever. Yeah. I hope it's not, but because it is fun, credit where credit is due. The story is fun. I feel like if you did the, I feel like the way it was meant to be played is that you spawn in, you find some stuff, you build a, start building a base, collect your resources. And then once you feel like you have enough, then you start going and doing some of the side story stuff, find more loot, add to your base, go do some more, like some back and forth, craft story, craft story, craft story, craft story. story. But you genuinely don't need to. And like, you can, I've seen videos now where people have like speed run the main story of the game in like an hour. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I know that game
1: was supposed to come out. Like it wasn't supposed to be early access. I remember reading that, but then they, I think had some development things where they're like, Hey, it turns out we, like aren't gonna do a full release, but we'll do the early access again. So it seems yeah. like they have all the intentions of being where they were just like, Hey, it's playable and the story's there, but we just need to refine it along the way
0: and we told you we were gonna release it at this time, so here it is, but it's not quite baked, right? Yeah. So which those developers seem totally good with that stuff, so I wouldn't have any worries that way.
2: Yeah, all in all, good game, though. I'll continue to I'm, play it for now, probably.
1: I might have to look into that, because
0: one of those games, like, getting a good one of those games is increasingly hard to find nowadays with all of them being
1: kind of one-and-dones, I guess. Yeah. Really excess, because it just... seems like a dozen times a year I see, like, a new, crafting survival early access game and i go that looks really cool and then it comes out and i'm like oh that would be really cool at some point
2: but and i i love them i love crafting survival games oh yeah totally like i love them so fucking much but i do too you got to find a good one and you got to find one that has like decent graphics like i love yeah. minecraft but the problem is is like you're only getting so creative with Minecraft when everything looks yeah. like a fucking block. That's why I like yep. these games, like sons of forest or even the forest and seven days to die is it's like, okay, you don't have to just build a block on a block and like, okay, you can make some different color blocks that are different materials, but it's all just a block. Everything's just a block. Yeah, totally. That's why I love seven days to die so much. Cause it's like, Oh, well here's fences, here's bricks, here's guns, here's cars, here's like, you can legit fortify a massive sweet base, and Valheim, Valheim was pretty good that way, too.
1: Yep. Grounded is also a really good version of that, too. Is it? Yeah, that I've been playing through. It's very much has a story, and it's like you can also... You start out by making like a grass house, and then by the end of it... The other day, we were making fucking brick houses, and you can make castles and fucking shit, and you work your way through the different weapons. Where it's like you start with a fucking... Wood sword, and then you have a fucking crossbow and magic at the end of the game. Like it's nice, very much one of those where it's like, hey, here's your, you can build whatever you want. You want to build a fucking house on the pond? Unlock that technology and fucking start crafting. Right? Hmm. So, it's a very good one of those. So, if you're ever looking for another one of those, that's a very good one of those. And Game Pass.
2: So, I'll look into that one then.
3: It's super good.
1: What else we got here?
0: Oh, so check. There's a doc on Waco. I've watched, watched two out of
1: three. Oh, okay. So I watched them all, and I mean, I already knew the story of Waco, but it's, fucking, it's always fascinating seeing the footage of that and just how much of a fucking fuck-up that was on, like, all sides.
2: <laughs> Man, that one chick who's still, like, a diehard David Koresh Branch yeah. Davidian fucking fanatic. Like, when they were first interviewing her, I'm like oh, she's kind of talking in past tense. Like, this is how yeah. she felt at the time. And then as the documentary goes on, it's like, oh no, this bitch still believes this. Yeah, she's just, like, fucking doubling oh, down on it. Oh, and I was oh. just like,
1: just like, uh, ma'am, can you come down to reality for a second and realize how fucked that was?
2: <laughs> yeah, when she, especially, like, when she was explaining, like, oh, everyone was giving David Koresh all of these fucking, like, speaking ill and down to him because they were saying like oh he was sleeping with underage girls because they were like 12 and 13 well in our religion a girl comes of age and becomes a woman at 12 so he's not sleeping with children he's sleeping with a woman and it's like she's fucking 12 years old what are you fucking talking about no it's like you're it's an underage person that's fucked up it's
0: like uh, but yeah it's
2: this oh go ahead you watched the, the series with John Leguizamo and Kitch and Melissa Benoit yep. and all that, right? Yep. I've been waiting for this scene to happen in this documentary. And it hasn't happened in the first two episodes. So it, like, please tell me, at least in the third part of this documentary series, they address the fact that David Koresh and his fucking merry band of men started playing like rock music with the speakers out the top before the power got cut. Uh, I don't remember, to be honest. Then I'm going to guess it's not in the documentary. Uh, was that something
1: that just got made up for the show, maybe? Did that happen in no, real life? No, I
2: read in there that at one point, he actually, like, when the power was going to get fucking cut, that they actually, like, set two speakers up on the top floor, and Thibodeau played the drums, uh, and Crash okay. played guitar, and they the other guy played the fucking keyboard, and they actually, like played a song on the top floor with, like, the speakers out the window.
1: That's sounding kind of familiar. Maybe they do have that in the documentary. I I can't remember for sure, but
0: that's kind of sounding. So maybe, but I'm not 100% sure.
2: Either way, so far it's been fantastic. I'm very excited to finish the last episode of it, probably tonight.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's fascinating just how much of a shit show that was.
2: Like, no one was communicating
1: with each other, and it was, like, different agencies just fucking it up on every level. Like, I, I don't remember what episode it's in, but it's uh one of the interrogators is talking about how you know, he was, like, he was talking to the cameras, and he's like, yeah, we actually have no say on what the people with the guns do. And he was, at one point, he's, like, negotiating with David, and he's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do anything. And then, like, a few moments later, they just go in and do something, and he's like, well, fuck, man, like, <laughs> we almost had it. <laughs> Yeah. And the other agency was like, "Yeah, well, we're just gonna do it," and had they convinced ruined you. all of the good process. And it's like, what?
2: Yeah, like holy fuck! Like between the FBI negotiators or the negotiating team and the hostage rescue team, they were just not on the same page. No. And then like the like- FBI was running the show and wasn't letting those two fucking communicate. Like when they brought convinced that one chick to come out to see your fucking kid. Yep. And then arrested her and had it all over public TV. And the FBI, like the negotiating team are going, what are you guys doing? Yeah. This is ridiculous. Like, we're trying to convince them to come out. They're not yeah. going to come out now if they know they're going to come out to fucking handcuffs. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, no, it's that's it's fine. And then you like hear the tape recordings were like, it was just like a a one minute clip of like the negotiators talking to various people on the phone. And every single one of them's like, I'm not coming out to handcuffs. Why would I come out? You're just going to arrest me. I'm not leaving this place just so you can throw me in jail for the rest of my life. And I was like, uh,
1: fuck you The guys. hostage negotiators were like, you're actively arresting the hostages that were negotiating to be released. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's spectacular how like, basically incompetent, every fucking part of it was, and it's like, there's a reason they teach it in, like, all the agencies and, like, what law not schools. What They're like, this is the textbook version of what we're gonna teach you to never do is everything that everyone here did.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just, like... So wild, man. It's just, it's such a crazy story, and it's, like, seeing the actual, like, footage and the actual, like, interrogation of, like, just how fucking... Crazy it is! Is just it's insane. It's just like it's one
0: of those like you almost wouldn't believe it if you weren't like seeing it. Where it's like, cause you're just like, could this, wait,
1: could what? this really happen? Huh? <laughs> it's like you're you're arresting the hostages you negotiated to release. Say what again? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. like, oh, you're actually gonna play his messages on the radio and on the news
0: oh okay all right you're actually gonna do that okay cool yeah (laughs) it's yeah it's crazy it's uh it's really well done
2: very very well done
1: speaking of i guess documentaries though i don't know what rock i've been living under but i discovered pbs frontline a few weeks ago i don't know if you've ever heard of it i've heard of it i've never watched any pbs frontline Apparently, it's, PBS makes, like, insanely good documentaries. And they're super good and they're free. Mm. So, just a shout out, they do a wide range of topics. Like, I watched one on... There was one about Amazon, which was super interesting. It's, like, an hour and a half long. And they're all on YouTube. You do have to VPN into the States for a few of them. Because for some reason, Canada was just like, hey, fuck you.
4: Okay, but, okay.
1: But, yeah, there was really good one on amazon there's a really good one on like economics which i don't that's probably gonna be if you're interested in economics i almost have a minor in it so i'm always interested in it but there's some really good stuff on like all the banking shit that happened in the states and all of that and stuff like that so it's yeah they're just like super well done documentaries on a wide range of subjects like there's stuff on oil there's stuff on businesses like there's some good ones on like the russia ukraine shit like just tons of really good high quality stuff and it's free
2: so i've checked that one out
1: just a really good like awesome service that i discovered where i was like wow pbs is just making high quality documentaries for free and they also put them in podcast form which is also great so it's like if you just want to listen to it you can if you want to watch it with the footage and the interviews yeah totally can and it was just like, huh, it's been a while since I've just seen a really cool free service just be. Here's just a free service for the public because we know it'll educate and be good. And I'm like, huh. That was pretty sweet. Super solid. So if you're ever in the mood for random documentaries on different subjects, check it out. It's...
2: Oh, I will be. That's the wife's and I. Uh, that's our guilty pleasures. We like these fucking.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's. And they're usually. Like, from what I've seen, they're really good at... Well, when it comes to the economics stuff, they're really good about, like, bringing it down so, like, someone that doesn't have a background in that can, like, understand it. Yeah. Where they're just like, hey, here's actually... You know, like, I can look at the, like, the banking stuff in the States. Like, I didn't need someone to explain it to me because I went to school for economics. But for someone that doesn't, it's like, oh, they do a really good job of, like, oh, this is actually what happened. And it's like, oh, okay, that's good. So, like, the average person can be like, oh... That's what actually happened. Mm. So it's solid. And I think there's an app for it on the Shield, I wanna say too. Like I wanna say that you can get like a dedicated PBS app. Oh really? I wanna say. I haven't tried it, but, and if not, you can just pull it up on YouTube. Like I said, you may have to VPN in for some of it because I did find some were just like, hey, it's not available. And I was like, well, what if I was in the States?
0: And then it suddenly just worked. And I was like, huh, all right, cool yeah all right. just high quality stuff But that's really all I got.
2: yeah, that seems to uh about summarize it, I think all right. I will catch you on the next one
0: later.